Welcome to The Slow Way, a podcast about the slow goodness of pursuing a sacred love that transforms everything, including you and me. I'm Micah Boyette, and I'm a recovering frantic one, learning the goodness of rest, of prayer, and the miracle of going slow in a world that tells us our worth is found only in our speed, success, or power. In the story we tell ourselves, life feels outside of us, something we're desperately chasing. But in the quiet, I think we know what's real, that the true thing is deep down underneath the surface where love lives. And sometimes we just have to stop long enough to notice. I'm grateful you're here, making space to be reminded. This is episode 59, Hummingbird Heart. Let's go the slow way. Growing up, I only saw hummingbirds two or three times a year when I went to the mountains in New Mexico or Colorado to camp. My mom says my first camping trip as a baby, I wore a red bandana on my head, which a hummingbird took to be nectar. It came for me with delight and zoomed straight into my head until I wept. I've always taken that to mean that the hummingbird is my official life bird. They mesmerize me. Their hum and their choice to drink rather than eat their food, to zip through the world on super speed rather than hop or soar. There's nothing like them. In found... I wrote about a time of prayer when I opened my eyes to find, for one brief and terrifyingly beautiful moment, a beady-eyed hummingbird staring right back at me. A message from God? A hello from my friend from my first camping trip? We'll never know. When we moved to San Francisco, I couldn't believe that there, in the middle of a city, were hummingbirds buzzing around the gardens and the local parks. The hummingbirds weren't elusive like I'd known them in the unpopulated spaces of the mountains. There, they were living among the people. One year for Mother's Day, my tiny kids bought me a hummingbird feeder that I did my best to fill and keep clean until our backyard's overwhelming ant population had its way with the sugar water, and I laid the dream to rest. And still... Even without getting to enjoy daily sightings in my backyard, I savored every contact with my official life bird. Every quick glimpse and buzzed moment in the corner of my eye. In Brian Doyle's essay, Hoyas Voyadoyas, in his collection, One Long River of Song, he says that a hummingbird visits a thousand flowers a day. He can fly more than 500 miles without pausing to rest. He writes, their hearts are stripped to the skin for the war against gravity and inertia, the mad search for food, the insane idea of flight. The price of their ambition is a life closer to death. They suffer more heart attacks and aneurysms and ruptures than any other living creature. 
it's expensive to fly. Every creature on Earth has approximately 2 billion heartbeats to spend in a lifetime. You spin them slowly, like a tortoise, and live to be 200 years old. Or you can spin them fast, like a hummingbird, and live to be two years old. End quote. Well, shoot. I can't stop thinking about that. I know this is called the slow way, so I'm supposed to say something now about the glory of the tortoise and his slow heartbeats and his 200 years, but there's something magical about the flash of color in the hummingbird. Their two billion heartbeats spent in the course of two years, the engine inside them overheating before it's barely begun. Who wants to be a tortoise? I've lived back on the East Coast for three years now, which feels impossible, by the way, where there are no hummingbirds, none. If I set out my old feeder full of sugar water, the ants would show up, but no magic birds. The only pollinators zooming my garden are the insect variety. But I keep thinking about those tiny fibrous hearts inside those small miraculous birds. My infant head covered in the red bandana mistaken for a flower 43 summers ago. The 21 generations of hummingbirds that have lived since the one I first met that day. And what do we make of all that speed? Of course, this is a world of speed. Speed is our culture's language, not just a social norm, but an actual moral good. Make it a life hack and you're helping people. Speed up the process and the economy improves. Efficiency is all braided up with moral goodness. Except for the heartbeat. Because I will always want to choose the hummingbird over the tortoise. She will always be the most colorful, the most elusive sweetest. The buzz of her passing by, an after effect that tingles my skin. There's such beauty in that. And our culture, with its obsession, with quickness, its race to the next thing, will always be the hummingbird as long as it continues along the path of progress. There's beauty in that too. It's just that the wise among us need to understand we can't be the hummingbird without a cost to the heart. We only get two billion heartbeats. We can hummingbird them or tortoise them. The faster we zoom, the more our souls, our engines burn. That doesn't always have to be a terrible thing, but it does matter. Of course, we get to be human, 60 heartbeats per minute, 100,000 heartbeats per day. We're not the hummingbird. We're not the tortoise either. We're here in the middle, living in the in-between, choosing the kind of speed, heartbeat, we want to hold as ours. And what we choose matters.
A slow practice. Our slow practice around here is always a practice of tortoising in a hummingbird world. And that's what we'll do today. Paying particular attention to slowing our heartbeat in the presence of the spirit. Our prayer practice today is known as a prayer of presence. And it is a practice akin to meditation in the Christian tradition. I'm using Marjorie J. Thompson's Soul Feast, An Invitation to the Christian Spiritual Life, the first book I ever read on contemplative prayer 20 years ago as a guide. To start, find a posture where you can be both alert and comfortable. Sitting with your neck and spine aligned tends to help. As we usually do, start by breathing deeply several times. And as you breathe, do your best to release any tension in your body. If you've been hummingbirding for long, it may take you a bit to notice how tense you are. Give yourself some time. Breathe in peace. Breathe out tightness, anxiety, and maybe the long list of to do's that are ticking through your mind. Breathe in again. Each breath is a chance to repeat. breathe in and out, begin to think about relaxing your mind. It helps me to bring one hand to my head and hold it there as a physical reminder. If a particular thought keeps returning, imagine your hand there on your head, gathering it up and handing it to the spirit. Over and over, Releasing those ticking to-dos, those thoughts. Allowing God to hold them for you during this time. As Thompson writes, you can take those thoughts back later if you want. your other hand and place it on your heart and feel your heartbeat. Think of that hummingbird and as you breathe slowly, imagine your hummingbird heart slowing to a gentle, peaceful rhythm. You don't have to carry the burden of speed right now. You can release that pressure. Now, if you want, and if your arm 
is, that's been reaching up to your head is aching, bring your other hand down to your heart. Or you can place them both in your lap, whatever is most comfortable for you. And turn your attention to the presence of God. This can feel like a very intimidating task. What are you supposed to think about? What does it mean to attend to the presence of God? I think we're all different and we can get hung up on how to engage in this particular sort of prayer. Do we imagine a person? Do we imagine a feeling? Do we imagine words? I encourage you not to focus on any person in the sky images. And try not to feel something, but simply come back to breathing in and out and paying attention. Breathe in peace. Breathe out tension. You are attending, paying attention to a God who is love. Not an image, not a prescription, not a feeling. The point of this practice is not to walk away with an epiphany. So you can let yourself release that need with your exhale. Just release it. It's enough to believe that God spirit of divine love is here with you, attending to you, slowing your heartbeat inside you. Breathe in. Breathe out. Your job right now is to let yourself be Stay in this moment as long as feels doable. This is a practice you can do every day. You can set a timer and extend it each day until sitting becomes easier. When you're ready, close your time by thanking God for any good thing you received during this time. I'm going to give you 30 seconds here on the podcast. If you want more time, just pause it. Thank you.
Thanks for being here. Choosing a moment of quiet and allowing yourself to be slow here is a way of refusing to conform with the culture around us. And look at us, hummingbirds making space for a tortoisey vision of ourselves and others. Is that a weird thing to say? <laughs> making space for wisdom, <laughs> making space for love. That, friends, is no small thing. Big thanks to Jason Boyette for designing our slow way graphic and the lovely engineer Marie for editing and also to Owen Boyette who has been helping with my social media lately. If you're interested in more words on the slow way, you can sign up for my newsletter at micahboyette.substack.com. In addition to my free newsletter at Substack, I offer a paid subscription to a more lighthearted newsletter, The Slow 7 where you can receive a fun descriptive list of the seven things I'm thinking about reading or generally delighting in, which I send out twice a month. You can also find that at micaboyette.substack.com. You can follow me on Instagram and threads at micaboyette. And my new book, Blessed Are the Rest of Us, How Limits and Longing Make Us Whole, is now available for pre-order. You can find it in all the places where books are sold. I hope you'll consider clicking on the link in the show notes and supporting me in that way. Thanks so much, friends. I'm grateful you're here with me. I'll be right back here with you next week, and I hope you'll be here too.